The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Buzz Burbank, news and comment. What the Mueller Report really says. Welcome to this special edition recorded and published on Friday, April 19th, 2019. And thank you for supporting independent news by patronizing my sponsors and through the PayPal donate button at buzzburbank.com. To our great relief, the Trump campaign did not get into bed with the Russian government. To our great concern, there was some heavy petting. And that's just from the first of two sections of the Mueller report, which was not a hoax and not the result of a witch hunt. In fact, it shows much of the media's reporting on this story has been on point, most notably its coverage of the firing of FBI Director James Comey and what we now know were two attempts at firing Bob Mueller and more. To hear the president and his attorney, General William Barr, tell it, there was no collusion and no obstruction. We'll circle back to obstruction. The Mueller investigation did not find conspiracy, but it found plenty to investigate further. That part of the report, combined with an even more damning report on obstruction, would be devastating for a president who hadn't spent the past two years numbing Americans to abnormal, suspicious, and shameful behavior. Imagine having been completely out of the loop for the past three years only to check in now and read the Mueller report. From that perspective, what this report says about this president is jaw-dropping and infuriating. A campaign and a White House riddled with improper behavior, lies, and intrigue. The Mueller report found that Russia did interfere with the 2016 election and that it used various means to do so, initially targeting the supporters of Ted Cruz and other Trump challengers later targeting the supporters of Trump, Clinton, and Sanders to stir up anger among voters on all sides to widen our political divide. The report says the Russian attack evolved from simply fostering discord among American voters to a full-on support of Donald Trump and a little help for Bernie Sanders. Russia wanted something in return, but apparently never made that a condition of the help it was offering Trump. Russia wanted an end to the economically painful U.S. sanctions for its invasion of Ukraine under the guise of better relations between the two countries. It spoke with former National Security Mike Flynn about that. Campaign manager Paul Manafort met with Russian operative Konstantin Kalimnik at a New York cigar bar to talk business. Manafort was vigorously employed for 10 years helping to elect right-wing leaders in various countries and had given that up to run the Trump campaign at no salary. The report also shows the Trump campaign's exhaustive efforts to get Clinton's emails and that it was intrigued by Russia's offers of help. Mueller notes that after a public plea for those emails by Trump, Russia generously provided them. Mueller reports he was limited in what he could learn on conspiracy, partly because Trump campaign officials, quote, materially impaired the investigation of Russian election interference. In other words, there was a lot of lying among the president's men. While Trump was out on the campaign trail claiming he had no business ties with Russia, his lawyer Michael Cohen fielded two offers to build a Trump Tower in Moscow, a long-standing dream of the man who is now president. Mueller's report found that the Trump campaign shared polling information with Russia from key battleground states in 2016, states that were then targeted by Russia in social media posts. Salon.com commentator Bob Seska. Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. 
There's been ongoing debates about whether Russia's attack was enough to swing the election from Hillary Clinton to Trump. On page 140, we see indications that, yes, Russia handed the election to Trump with the help of voters in those three battleground states. You might recall how Trump barely won those states. If Democratic voters hadn't cast ballots for Jill Stein, Hillary Clinton would be president today since Stein's vote totals are greater than Trump's margin of victory in those states. How were minds changed by Russia? Well, it could be this. According to Mueller, Trump's campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, gave Konstantin Kalimnik, a Russian GRU operative, proprietary internal polling data on those big three states. Again, the states that won the presidency for Trump with the obvious intention of focusing the IRA GRU attacks on those battlegrounds. Trump is president because of Russia. This polling data could have allowed the GRU to target vulnerable districts with Russian propaganda. All told, this is the best evidence yet that Russia literally won the election for their candidate, Donald J. Trump. The Mueller report also did not find any sign of agreement between the Trump campaign and Russia that would constitute a criminal conspiracy. But as Bob Seska explains, Mueller found cooperation in the many contacts between Russians and Trump campaign officials. Yes, collusion. In his report, Mueller reminds us there's no criminal statute covering collusion, which is more a term of the press to describe contacts between Trump and Russian operatives. The statute Mueller was aiming for was criminal conspiracy, and he was unable to prove such crimes in conjunction with the Russian military intelligence agency due to the numerous lies by, quote unquote, several members of the campaign. In other words, for both Barr and Trump to declare no collusion is a lie. Mueller didn't rule out collusion, only conspiracy. It's clear from his report that Robert Mueller believes there is more to be learned about the canoodling between Team Trump and Team Russia, even if they never agreed to conspire to break the law together. Quoting the special counsel's report, the office cannot rule out the possibility that the unavailable information would shed additional light or cast new light on the events described in the report. About 36 pages worth of material is hidden behind color-coded black stripes for our eyes. CNN estimates more than 900 redactions, over 1,600 lines blacked out still. Nearly half the redactions are about an ongoing criminal or counterintelligence matter, we're told. Nearly as many were under lock and key with a grand jury. The Mueller team handed off 14 different investigations to other prosecutors. The rest of the redactions, in much smaller numbers, dealt with investigative technique and the personal privacy of peripheral parties. The Mueller report, about 8% of its 448 pages redacted, tells its readers that more evidence could be obtained from the U.S. intelligence community. That's a hint. The part of the report that pertains to WikiLeaks is heavily redacted, partly because it deals with the pending cases of Roger Stone and Julian Assange, who's been a Hillary hater since 2015. That section also appears to implicate the president, telling Rick Gates, quoting the report, that more releases of damaging information would be coming about Hillary Clinton. These redactions are identified as an ongoing matter. With those parts missing, we cannot now see whether there was collusion between the Trump campaign and WikiLeaks. Adam Schiff's House Intelligence Committee says it plans to get to the national security material that was redacted as it is allowed to do with all U.S. intelligence. Schiff says the committee has some material already, but wants all of it. 
To that end, Judiciary Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler has now subpoenaed the Justice Department to hand over the full, unredacted Mueller report and all of its supporting evidence. Attorney General Barr has promised lawmakers a version of the Mueller report that's even less redacted than the public version. Democrats say that's not enough. They want it all. That's why Jerry Nadler's thrown down a subpoena to get it all, which could lead to a court fight. Stay tuned. The second and final section of the Mueller report is slightly thicker than the first because there was more to tell. The Mueller team says its findings do not exonerate the president of obstruction of justice. In fact, they found a mountain of evidence that would get anyone arrested so long as they are not president. Mueller did check to see if he could indict a sitting president and was told no. Justice Department rules say no, that's a job for Congress. Mueller decided, therefore, he lacked the power to pursue that point any further. Quoting the report, the conclusion that Congress may apply the obstruction laws to the president accords with our constitutional system of checks and balances and the principle that no person is above the law. Mueller chose not to reach a finding on obstruction because he determined it wasn't his place to do so. He gathered the evidence for Congress to decide. Obstruction of justice had brought down one president in Nixon and nearly another in Bill Clinton. And as in Watergate, the special counsel has given Congress a roadmap for its investigations wherever those investigations may lead. The Mueller team also found out how Trump felt genuinely threatened by the investigation, a possible motive to obstruct. Oh my God, this is terrible, said Trump. This is the end of my presidency, he added with a dash of profanity. Everyone tells me if you get one of these independent counsels, it ruins your presidency. It takes years and years, and I won't be able to do anything, said Trump to Jeff Sessions in May of 2017. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me, said Trump, when he learned Rod Rosenstein had just appointed Robert Mueller as a special counsel to investigate Russian interference and whether the Trump campaign had helped. The Mueller text on obstruction is not as redacted as the collusion stuff, because most of it happened right before our eyes. It shows the president wanted to interfere with the investigation and tried to interfere, worried it would show he was an illegitimately elected president. Former aide Hope Hicks called that his Achilles heel. Trump pressured James Comey and others to end the investigation. He tried to get Jeff Sessions to tone down the investigation. He pressured Sessions to protect him. He got rid of the FBI director and other top FBI officials. He tried to fire Robert Mueller. He did fire his recused attorney general and hired one who had written a handy memo saying a president cannot obstruct justice because he cannot be indicted. The report finds that Trump would have committed clear obstruction were it not for staff members who tried to stop him and ignored his legal and self-damaging orders. One of the leading good guys was, in fact, former White House counsel Don McGahn, who actually tried to resign, saying Trump was trying to get him to do some, quote, crazy S. But McGahn was persuaded by others of like mind to stay on as long as possible. Obstruction also comes in the form of lies, and there were plenty of those, including from Trump and, as outlined in Mueller's report, from White House spokeswoman Sarah Sanders, whose credibility is shot. In at least two instances, Trump instructed others to lie. Mueller even disproved Trump's claims of fake news, especially as it concerned the firing of James Comey. One White House aide was so unsettled by the Comey firing, she wrote in her notes, Is this the beginning of the end? 
Despite claims of cooperation, Trump refused to ever sit for an interview with Mueller, providing written answers that included three dozen I-don't-recall answers, and he refused to answer any follow-up questions, not even in writing. Mueller knew a court fight to get that interview would only slow up an investigation already testing America's patients and his own. Mueller offers evidence Trump tried to tamper with witnesses Manafort, Michael Cohen, and Mike Flynn. More obstruction. From the lie he told voters about no business in Russia while Trump Tower Moscow was being negotiated for lying about the Trump Tower New York meeting with Russians to the present day, Mueller found Trump obstructing justice, including in his tweets. The case for obstruction is even stronger now that we have seen that report. Yes, obstruction. In terms of obstruction, we find at least 10 instances of obstruction described in detail in the report, including Trump's attempts to suborn perjury and his attempts to fire Mueller. Just because he failed to obstruct justice doesn't mean he didn't try. Likewise, if, say, Jesse Waters tries to beat up a homeless person but fails, he still committed assault. Additionally, Mueller clearly states, quote, if we had confidence after a thorough investigation of the facts that the president clearly did not commit obstruction of justice, we would so state. In other words, if Trump were innocent of obstruction, Mueller would, quote unquote, so state it. Mueller did not so state it. Mueller also said the report does not exonerate Trump. He wrote there is substantial evidence that Trump tried to screw with Jeff Sessions to get the former AG to unrecuse himself. The report also accuses the Trump campaign of having, quote, deleted relevant communications. And finally, Mueller absolutely did not leave the obstruction question up to bar. Mueller clearly writes that Justice Department policy prevents anyone but Congress from making that call, including the attorney general. Yes, and about him. William P. Barr had commented five times on the Mueller report before letting any of us see it. On one occasion, he accused his own government of spying on the Trump campaign, a word never used by an attorney general who's talking about warranted court-approved surveillance. It is a word used by Trump. Interestingly, it was Trump who called the Barr news conference, not Barr. Uh, Barr may have learned of it when we did. It ginned up Trump supporters that news conference with Fox News leading the cheers. By the time we got Mueller's report, Barr had already shown it to the White House and then Trump's personal lawyers. Publicly, Barr has taken Mueller's words out of context. He never got around to mentioning the heavy petting that had occurred between the Trump campaign and Russia, just that it couldn't be proven they'd consummated the relationship. Barr was delaying for nearly a month even the section summaries written by the Mueller team for the express purpose of unredacted public release. They wanted us to see them. Barr held them back for nearly a month. In his news conference just before the report dropped, Barr argued the president's attempted obstruction wasn't illegal because he was upset. Quoting Barr, frustrated and angered by a sincere belief the investigation was undermining his presidency. Trump was, argued Barr, as if he were Trump's personal attorney and not the nation's, Trump was under unprecedented pressure, he said, as if that somehow makes obstruction less of a crime. And Barr's delay and Barr's declaration five times that Trump was right, no collusion, no obstruction, giving Trump and the Republicans the fuel they needed to steal the spotlight from what the Mueller report really says. The public isn't buying it, by the way. Trump's popularity has dropped three points in just the first 48 hours of the release. 
As we have learned, reading it for ourselves, William Barr had shaded the truth. The White House had not fully cooperated with Mueller, considering the lies to him and Congress and Trump's refusal to answer any questions of substance over which a court fight would have further delayed this urgent report. Trump's handpicked attorney general, who would protect him, was doing his job. But Judiciary Chairman Jerry Nadler called out Barr as disingenuous and misleading in saying that Trump had been cleared of all wrongdoing. Quoting Nadler, we clearly can't believe what William Barr tells us. Again, with a list of obstruction longer than what you have heard here, Robert Mueller said his team could not decide whether they could legally prosecute a president. But Robert Mueller concluded that what he cannot do, Congress can. It's time to move on said House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy. It's time for the investigators to be investigated, declared the Republican National Committee. Impeachment is a possibility, said Democrat Jerry Nadler. But like other Democrats, Nadler's playing that down, adding it's too early to talk about that. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi had spoken against impeachment, but that may change in light of new evidence. Or it may not. We'll find out in her news conference on Monday. Because of the importance of 2020 and the high-stakes politics here, Congress has to sneak up on impeachment while focusing on bread-and-butter issues and continuing the investigations that may force an impeachment, for better or worse. For those investigations, Robert Mueller left a roadmap for Congress. And Democrats are now forced to figure out where that map is going to lead. Bob Seska has already plotted a course in this special commentary. Thank you, Buzz. By now, you've probably absorbed enough of the Mueller report to agree with me that despite the relentless lies from Donald Trump and his hand-picked worm-tongue Bill Barr, there are myriad impeachable offenses described in this document. The redacted portions of the report might reveal many, many more. There's obviously so much more to the story, and new details will roll out as this crisis continues, but what we know so far is this— there's copious justification here for the impeachment of Donald Trump. Indeed, I believe impeachment is mandatory now more than ever, which is why House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer's remarks yesterday infuriated me almost as much as Bill Barr's obvious sideshow routine yesterday morning. Hoyer told CNN's Dana Bash, quote, based on what we have seen to date, going forward on impeachment is not worthwhile at this point. Very frankly, there is an election in 18 months, and the American people will make a judgment, unquote. Wrong. Hoyer is the majority leader today because Democratic voters turned out in record numbers last November in order to hold Donald Trump accountable for all of it. His crimes, his lies, his relentless gaslighting, and so much more. We had an election, Leader Hoyer. And the American people told you exactly what they want, loudly and without equivocation. We don't have to wait until 2020 to punish Trump for what he's done to democracy and the rule of law. There was a referendum on this matter last year, and it's been decided. Impeachment now. You have the go-ahead from your people, Mr. Leader. Now go. Do your job. If the House Democrats walk away from this moment in history, they're telling future Americans that the president is above the law. They're endorsing the imperial presidency. They're screaming from the highest mountain that Trump is just like any ordinary first-term president, and the same rules apply to him as to anyone else holding that office for the first time. Trump, by any measure, is not an ordinary first-term president. 
Has the majority leader not been paying attention? My God, the abuses of power are so legion, it's impossible to know where to begin listing them. The damage to American democracy and our institutions is reaching the point of being irreparable. By the way, a conviction in the Senate isn't irrelevant, but it's not the end all. The Democratic Party controls the House, and the House can take action. That'll shake Trump. And according to Gaslit Nation's Andrea Chalupa on my podcast this week, it will embarrass him. I've been saying since the beginning that Trump and Trumpism need to be humiliated out of existence. Impeachment is a fantastic step in that direction. Not only that, but an impeachment vote will tell history that the system will rise up against despots and it will crush them. And holy hell, there's no doubt about this. The first part of the Mueller report lays out the Russian attack against our election in harrowing detail. Is Hoyer really thinking the 2020 election is going to be on the level? Enough to remove Trump. Breathtaking. At the risk of sounding hokey, I ask the House leadership, if not these crimes, what? If not this criminal, who? If not now, when? We have no choice but to rise up now and force the Democrats to earn the power they've been granted by the people. Call your representative and tell him or her that you've got their backs, that it's electorally safe for them to support impeachment. Likewise, you should also express your support for truth-telling reporters and pundits. Trump is this close to getting away with all of it. Let him regret he ever ran in the first place. Impeach Trump now. I'm Bob Seska for Buzz Burbank News and Comment. Thank you, Bob. Get more of Bob at Salon.com, his Patreon page, and on the Bob Seska Show at BobSeska.com. I'll be joining Bob on his show again on Tuesday. For now, Congress marches forward and issues subpoenas. They've asked for public testimony from the one man who could explain the Mueller report better than William Barr, namely Special Counsel Robert Mueller. They've asked him to come testify as soon as possible. They've already locked in May 1st and May 2nd to grill Trump Attorney General William Barr. They'll have a lot of questions for both men. And a roadmap to follow wherever it may lead. I'm Buzz Burbank, along with Bob Seska. Thanks for listening and for patronizing my sponsors at buzzburbank.com and for using that PayPal donate button. I'll be back on Thursday with an unredacted Buzz Burbank news and comment. The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network.